Welcome to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Adam Rappaport. Now, if you like to cook, and I'm assuming you do if you're listening to the podcast right now, you've probably had those moments like, you know, I don't know, maybe around January 1st, where you say to yourself, man, I'm going to start cooking a lot more this year. I'm going to go to the market every Sunday with a list, and I buy all these ingredients and map out my meals for the week and cook every one of them, and it's going to be awesome. And then the next thing you know, it's like Tuesday and you're ordering Kung Pao chicken from your local Chinese joint. Now, David Tamarkin, editor of our sibling brand, Epicurious, actually followed through with his New Year's resolution. And this month, he is cooking 90 meals, three a day, from scratch. How he's doing this, I have no idea. But Julia Kramer, our senior editor here at Bon Appetit, sat down with David to get the skinny. Let's give a listen. You're the editor of Epicurious. You're eating two meals a day in the Condé Nast cafeteria. And you decide your New Year's resolution, cook three meals a day for the month of January at home. Yeah. And, you know, it actually wasn't all about my own experience. It was also about the experience of my readers. A lot of what we write about are the barriers to home cooking of which there are many, and they're all valid. I mean, the barriers to home cooking include time and money. You know, money is real. It's like people always say, well, cooking is cheaper, but of course it depends on where you're shopping. And speaking of shopping, the proximity to grocery stores. So these are issues that are are interesting to me, and none of those barriers apply to me. Me either, for the record. I uh, have easy access to grocery stores, Mm -hmm. significant amount of time, Mm -hmm. interest in cooking, Mm -hmm. and yet somehow still managed to probably cook three. Hashtag cook three. Three meals a a month. No. Probably. Like, I I cannot even explain to you how many meals I eat out. I eat breakfast and lunch out almost every day. And dinner? And, yeah, and dinner. But you okay? Well, you have an excuse because your job is to write about restaurants. But breakfast and lunch, you have no excuse. I mean, today I ate a grilled cheese in the Condé Cafe. It sounds delicious, but I mean, that's what was interesting. Well, I have none of these barriers, so why am I not cooking more? Right. So we are on day twenty-two. Yeah. So how's it going? Yesterday was bleak. Today is a little <laughs> bleak, but most of it ha- most of it's gone really well. Um, I have not. I, I get three passes. I set up some rules. If you go to Epicurious.com and you click on the Cook ninety tab, you can find my rules for um, Cook ninety. And one of the rules is states that I'm going to cook ninety meals. Well, there are thirty one days in January, so that's three meals that I don't have to cook. And I set that up because I didn't want to set up unrealistic expectations. I also thought it'd be interesting to see where I find that I have to use these passes. I have not used a pass yet, meaning I have not had to buy any food. Mm-hmm. Um, but today, I, I just could not eat what I brought for lunch. It was so <laughs> disgusting. I mean, it was wildly disgusting. And I t- brought like six pounds of curry with me to uh, work today. And thought I could change it into a soup. So I blended it. I added cream. I added more salt. I added cilantro. I mean, it couldn't be saved. So so I think I used my past today because the test kitchen was cooking something that I ate for lunch instead. 
So how do you turn last night's dinner into today's lunch? How are you sort of making that work? Well, I think that anything can be turned into a soup. And that's good for me because I love soup. Um, and I'm cooking a lot of vegetables that can just be very easily blended into a soup. So, uh, for example, uh, there's an Epicurious uh, recipe by one of my coworkers. It's a sheet pan chicken that you roast. It's chicken, squash, grapes, fennel. It turned into a very, very delicious soup. I mean, because you have all that chicken fat in there and the grapes were interesting. But there's something so much more appealing about making it into a soup versus making it into a salad. Yeah, well, I've done salad too. I mean, I've done it. I've done a few things. Like, I'm, I'm not cooking big meals every single night. I just, I'm cooking very simply and very, doing very easy things. I'm really trying. I'm just trying to get get by, you know. And so I'm doing a lot of repurposing because that's how that's how you can cook on the weekend. You have to repurpose. If you were doing something new every single night, A, I think that would be creating a lot of food waste, at least for a single person like me. And B, I think it would get taxing and you would burn out. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about cooking simply. Okay. I follow David on Instagram. I see some of the comments people have. People sometimes look at your pictures and they say, this doesn't count. This isn't cooking. Yeah. How do you respond? Well, I responded by thinking long and hard about that question. I think it's a really fascinating question. What constitutes cooking and what doesn't? I also took it to, to Twitter and kind of, I, I wanted to know what people thought. I wanted to know the answer. I'm not interested in judging other people's cooking. I'm not interested in, in having my cooking judged. I think that uh, cooking is, you know, a real personal thing, and to some people it might be a very private thing. Um, but I think that when we judge cooking and other people's cooking, when we yuck their yum, if some people might say, uh, heard the phrase. Um, we're really creating an environment where you're afraid to cook. So it's a bummer to have simple cooking be judged or, or any cooking be put into question. And what have you learned over these 22 days in the kitchen? I mean, you're a pretty experienced home cook already, but have you um, been surprised by anything or developed any new favorite dishes or techniques? I mean, I've learned a lot. And actually, I would say I'm not a uh, very accomplished cook. I was relying on the same things over and over again. For example, soup is one of those things. I know how to make soup. I know how to turn anything into a soup. And so I was doing that a lot. And in the first week of Cook 90, I said, okay, no more soup for a week because I'm just, that's a crutch. I feel like I'm picking up some of that cooking intel that grandmothers have Hmm. and that, you know, grandfathers have. You know, when when I cook with my mom, who's been cooking all her life and used to be a cooking instructor, she'll often watch me do something and say, I don't think that's going to work. And of course, usually she's right. And I think I'm just picking up those things. You know, you only learn, you only get that sixth sense through cooking a lot. You know, you can't become a a real natural cook if you're only cooking, no offense, three times a month, right? Um, If you really are relying on on your own skills to feed yourself, then you really have to, I mean, you you, you have to get better at it. So which meal for you has been the biggest struggle, breakfast, lunch, or dinner? 
I think dinner, although breakfast, I have not been, I've been winging breakfast. And if you look at my Instagram feed and you look to the beginning of the month, all you see is eggs. And that's when people started commenting, is this cooking? But it wasn't that comments that kind of turned me off to it. It was the fact that I was like, this is so boring. So now I'm like doing smoothies. Mm. I'm like living for an oatmeal smoothie. Basically, all I'm doing is I'm pouring like a cup of oats, like raw oats from my freezer into the blender in the morning, covering it with water while I take a shower so it softens a little bit. Then I'm like putting peanut butter and frozen blueberries. All this is like coming Um, from my freezer. Okay, frozen fruit's another thing that I've never really played with very much. It it is so filling. So dinner, dinner is the thing I have to plan Mm -hmm. the most. And the hardest thing, I'll tell you, I didn't want to like be a hermit all month. So I want to be able to go out with my friends and I go out. But that's what makes it hard. If you are someone who doesn't want to spend money on food, how do you like, what do you do? Do you run home after work? make dinner and then go out again. Like I went to the, I had opera tickets earlier this month. So I brought not two meals, not breakfast and lunch, but my breakfast, lunch, and my dinner. And I ate dinner at my desk, which was sort of sad at like six o'clock before running off to the opera. So that's what sort of, that's what's been difficult. Right. You don't want to be in Cook 90 exile. Yeah, right. One thing I really struggle with is lunch, despite the fact that I wrote an article called Lunch Aldesco. Aldesco, baby. <laughs> I've been doing it every day how, and tagging it, hashtagging it. Yeah. Nice. Thanks. Yeah. So how do you do it? I think th- so there's some trope out there about like what you have to do to make lunch easier. And I do think some of the, these things that maybe you've heard before are very true. You have to have greens in your fridge and you have to wash them and dry them really well before like the first right when you get home you have to do that so that's why i just think so just clean dry greens obviously you can turn anything into a salad and salad it's not bad Salad's good Salad's good especially if you have a soft boiled egg on it yeah you got to make it substantial you know like yeah tuna what you're doing is you're taking um your all of your leftovers from the previous night you're just turning it into a salad yeah so it's uh tuna or if it's um you know I, i did mustard tarragon salmon which is one of our 22 minute meals Mm -hmm. um which i did in the toaster oven which is also a great thing for people who have small families if you can cook in your toaster oven toaster oven's faster because it heats up faster and it's just just a beautiful thing and often a lot of them are convection i know my oven is not convection but my toaster oven is convection so it just Hmm. i mean it's just it's just beautiful especially for cooking fish so i had some extra salmon fillets and i turned that into a you know like a like a tuna salad, like a salmon salad thing put, put that on bread. You just have to have like good bread. I like pita bread a lot. Let's say I make a pot of couscous with vegetables. That can go into a pita. If I make salmon, that can go into a pita. If I make a Caesar salad, that can go into a pita. Like you can put anything into a pita except for another pita. Yeah, yeah. Pita is so underrated. So these are great ideas for lunch. Talk to me about dinner. My problem is I work till 7 then I'm looking online for 20 minutes to choose which recipe I want to cook. Then I go to the grocery store. Then by the time I come home. Oh, no, no, no. I must have you right there. You have to do a big shop on the weekends. You have to. You cannot cook on a, on a regular basis if you're going to the grocery store every time you cook. Big mistake I made on week two of Cook 90. I did it week one. Week two, I thought, oh, I got this. No, it's so stressful this week. It did a huge fresh direct order on uh, Sunday, and it, it felt so. I felt so relaxed. I knew I had everything I needed at home. I knew what I was making. Can't do it. Yeah, that is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. So, for people who are working late, 
what are some ingredients that you can keep in your pantry and have on hand to make dinner a realistic thing to cook after work? Frozen fish. Mm -hmm. And shrimp is really good for that because it thaws very quickly. If you have frozen salmon or something like that, you have to take that out before you go to work and put it in your fridge to thaw. Uh, Pasta. If you have some quick cooking grains like uh, couscous or like some of those blends, I really like those blends I find at the supermarket, which have like some lentils and some rice and some whatever barley i don't know it's like a mix that's so brave i never know what's going on in those yeah i know but but it all cooks at the same time and it's a complete protein so i think those are really good to have on hand i think you should have fresh herbs on hand because you think about it this way like yeah you can have your frozen shrimp you can have your pasta you can have your canned tomatoes but it's not gonna feel very satisfying at least it doesn't to me Unless it feels good. Like when I put fresh herbs on something, it feels much better to me. It tastes much better. It looks better. And it's just overall a much more satisfying experience. And so I think it's really crucial to have one or two like kinds of herbs in your kitchen, in your fridge at all times. Yeah, you like, have to want to eat what you're cooking. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this is weird. We've been talking for a little while and we have not talked about our favorite topic, dessert. It's been so upsetting. What? Why? I thought I was going to make so many desserts. I just don't have the energy. Mm. I did make one cake and I ate it for a week, way past its prime. I kept on <laughs> eating it. I kept, I just, but I just toasted it and it was it came back to life. Yeah, I, I have not found the time to bake. I do hope to bake this weekend. I think I'm going to bake some scones, which I'll keep in my freezer for the rest of Cook 90. And you'll probably see those pop up in my feed because I'll eat those for breakfast So, David, you only have a few more days left in Cook 90. What do you personally hope to take away from this experience, and what do you hope that other people will learn from your experience? Uh, Well, what I really want to take away from this experience is just I want to become a better cook, and I think that's already happened in very small ways. I'm not saying I'm like this brilliant cook now, but I'm definitely better. I also hope to have a better understanding of uh, the challenges people face as term in terms of what i want other people to take away from it everything we do at epicurious is about helping people cook more and and better faster healthier if they want to eat that way so if this inspires any cooks to try to cook more then that'd be a great thing yeah for sure well it's definitely inspired me so you're going to go from three to four I'd say I could probably do six. I th- Girl, yes, you can. You just doubled it. That is 100% growth. We're all about growth at this company. What I want to know is what meal you're most looking forward to eating out when this thing is done. Cafe Luxembourg. I love Cafe Luxembourg mm. on the Upper West Side. Love it. All those Upper West Side women with their like funky hats. They've all just come from Lincoln Center. It's just an amazing thing. And so I'll be very like happy to like kind of like be part of that crowd again. Um, eat some fries, eat some mussels, or you know, drink some fouvray. And uh, I'm just looking forward to like going out to like a bar and having like a little snack at the bar, or just making a dinner out of a snack at a bar with my boyfriend or with with friends. I just I just always I I love doing that, and I'm like missing that. So, David, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. But I'm so you, honored that you had me. Ah, uh, but you can't leave yet. Because we're going to do a very quick lightning round. And I wrote these questions based on 
my experience of knowing you for eight years. So there's some deep cuts. Listeners, get ready. Okay, here we go. Deep dish pizza or Chicago style hot dog? Hot dog. I mean, a hot dog has so much more going for it, so much more complex, and you can eat one like every day if you want to, whereas Chicago deep dish pizza is amazing, but you can only eat it twice a year. All right, next question. Ruth Reichel or Judith Jones? Ruth. Oh, God. Ruth. All the way. Ruth Ruth is my – she's the wind beneath me. She's the blood that runs through me. She's the neurons in my brain. She's everything to me. I love you, Ruth. I I love I love you, Ruth. Banana cream pie or banana split? Gross. So <laughs> gross. If I had to pick one, I would pick banana split because you can more easily avoid the banana. That's oh, disgusting. David. And okay. Rappo is with me on this. Terry Gross or oh. Ira Glass? Ira Glass is a genius. He's like the smartest person who's lived in the past like two hundred years. I love Terry Gross. I mean, she's fine, but like... Okay, now um, I have some food questions. Okay. Soft-boiled or... Soft-boiled. Oh, oh, but, but... Okay. Okay, or beet-pickled. Oh. See, I gotcha. Still soft-boiled because it's... You can eat those every day. Um, Or soft-boiled beet-pickled, like at El Rey. That, that sounds really beautiful and delicious. I yeah. like that, yeah. Pie or cake? I like cake better. Cookie or brownie? Brownie. Oh, I know it. you don't like brownie. I just don't get it. It's so good. What's because your like when type? you're like a chocolateaholic, like I am, <laughs> um, it really delivers. But I just love chocolate chip cookies too. I mean, I, that's a hard one. Yeah. I guess I, I guess maybe I would choose cookie actually because there are so many different kinds of cookies and brownies are sort of even if like. Every recipe, every recipe, you're sort of still getting the same result. It's like a very rich, heavy, like dose of chocolate. Last question: butter or olive oil? Butter. I mean, I could speak all day about olive oil and how the olive oil industry has tricked home cooks into thinking that they have to cook with it all the time, and that, I mean, this is such a racket. Like olive oil has a very low smoke point; it should not be used as much as we use it. And the oil is probably breaking half the time we use it. I like coconut oil right now. Very on trend. Yeah. Thanks so much, David. Thank you so much. This podcast is brought to you by executive producer Belle Cushing and project manager Carrie Polis with editing by Mitra Kaboli. The theme music is by Valerie and the Greedies. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.